Hey everyone, this is a bonus episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. This is an audio version of Prepper Website Live. I hope you enjoy it. Well, hey everyone, and welcome to another Prepper Website Live. I'm so glad that you are here hanging out with us. I'm Todd Sepulveda. I am the host of Prepper Website, the Prepper Website Podcast, and also the editor of Prepper Website. And I'm joined tonight by my good friends, Chip Fack over at cribsteward.com, Mick Rowland at mick-rowland.com. We, we got to get you rowland.com or mick.com or mickrowland.com, that hyphen in there. But it's easy to say, mick-rowland.com. And also Brian Hawkins of nextstepsurvival.com. We're going to be talking about get home bags and um, what that means, what they are. We're going to be talking a little bit about um, all the good stuff that we might have in there. Um, there's going to be some similarities. There's going to be some differences. So we're going to talk all about get home bags here. Um, but before we start that, I just want to just, we're all in different parts of the country. The world is crazy right now. There's all different kinds of things going on. And I just thought it'd be good if we just do a little catch up of current events and kind of things that we are watching and things that are um, maybe important to us. And so uh, I thought I'd start and then I'll kick it over to uh, to Chip to go ahead and, and, and go from there. But one of the things that uh, I am watching, at least here locally, and I, and I got to admit, I've been so busy at work that I haven't been able to watch the alternative news as much as I normally like to and, uh, you know, be, be there and, and reading the articles and stuff like that. Um, so um, I feel like I'm disconnected in a way. Um, I know that locally it seems, and I don't have any hard numbers, but locally it seems like crime is up a little bit more. It's kind of funny, even before going on live, my wife was talking to one of her friends about uh, something that happened kind of close to where we live. And so you don't see it on the local news or you don't hear about it on the local news, but you hear about it, like people are talking about it. And so, you know, that's kind of concerning. On the world level, there's a lot of things going on. You know, we're kind of stuck here in the United States. Media is focused on one thing. Um, but there's so many other things going on in the world. And I've always talked about how I follow some prophecy preachers who uh, talk about current events and things that are happening. And uh, I think that's a great way to stay up, even if you're not a believer, even if you don't believe in end time prophecy. They have a big following and they have a lot of people kind of feeding them material because it's just people from all over the world. And so they have their own cur- curation. And so uh, they get to talk a, a lot about these kinds of things. And you hear about the Middle East and other things that are going on. So that's one of the things that I always uh, do, make sure that I'm, I'm catching up and watching those uh, those uh, videos, a couple of the prophecy preachers that I, uh, uh, I like to watch. So that's kind of what's up with me and my current events and the things that are on my mind. I'm going to kick it over to Chip. Chip, what do you have? Um, actually, I'm paying attention to not paying attention. I, I, the last several weeks, you know, trying to keep up and the different things that are happening, the different things to be concerned about and how that is applying to, you know, my preparedness and the things I need to be doing and should be concentrating on. And, um, it, it was starting to become a little bit depressing. You know, most of that stuff I can do nothing about. So, um, I've been concentrating on, spiritual health and, and physical health, you know, and no, looking at the things that I know I've got control over and can work on. It's just, it's just been too much for me. I've, I've unfriended a lot of people that 
are on the left and the right just because of the the hatred and the negativity that's you know constantly on the, the news feed. Once you get rid of those people, Facebook is not too bad, really, you know. <laughs> so I, I've been trying not to pay attention to too much stuff. So I, I, I completely understand. And I think there's a lot of people that are doing kind of the same thing. Um, let me kick it over to Brian. Brian, what's going on with you? You got you to unmute. I knew I'd be the first one to do that. <laughs> I'm kind of in um, the same, same, same boat as Chip. There, I'm. It things got so bad before the election and and with the COVID and all that stuff. I just, I just pretty much right now. I just concentrate on moving forward within my own family, and staying prepared and building the preps and improving our lives in this household excited about the garden, all that type of stuff, spring coming and all that. And um, I haven't been on Facebook in over a year. So January of last year. So I stepped away from the um, Facebook. I do a little Instagram. I've done some of this, the new, the new social media things are new to me anyway. And I, I participate very little on those, to be honest. It's just, um, like like Chip says, it's, it's pretty depressing in a way, but it's also very distracting. And there's nothing really that important. People just want to, you know, just throw down and and you know fight over every every little thing. And most of it, just like Chip said, there's really nothing you can do about things one way or the other. So why fight with your friends or your family over something that you have absolutely no control over whatsoever? It's really kind of silly. It's almost like we're puppets just being you know, strung along, you know, and reacting when we probably should just be worrying about, you know, our own lives and our families and that. Very true. Well, what, well said, Mick, what about you? Well, I've been kind of uh, pretty much disconnected from the usual social media for a while, just because I've been kind of too busy anyway. But uh, one of the things that I've been kind of getting back into a little bit is I've got some friends that have been uh, uh, kind of on the polite side, sort of freaking out about the anti-gun legislation that's floating around out there in Washington. And they're pretty sure the black helicopters are coming for them any day now. And uh, so I've been reading more on that legislation and I kind of came away with the impression that it's not really what they intended to do so much as it's a distraction, kind of like a magician would distract you with his left hand while the right hand was putting the bunny in the hat that uh, some of that legislation just looks so outlandish it just looks like a distraction so I've been trying to pay attention to what the right hand is doing rather than the left hand making all the uh, the wavy noises so I've been trying to keep up with that locally here there's a movement to try and make New Hampshire one of those uh, second amendment sanctuary states so I've been kind of following that haven't been invited to any meetings yet, but I think that's probably coming. So that's my, that's my social life. Otherwise I just stay home and do stuff. And, and I have been working on the garden. I got my, got my seeds in the mail a little bit ago. So getting ready. I, you know, that uh, the second amendment is such a big topic um, for a lot of people in preparedness and a lot of people in, in just the United States. 
And so um, that's definitely something to, to, to watch out for. So I, I have a, I've got a good friend that, you know, he keeps up with the second amendment stuff and his take on it was it's like Mick it's, it's outlandish, but it could be that, Hey, this is what we're going to put out there. Everybody freaks out about it. Those are fed fights against it. When in reality, they've got a lesser laws that they're wanting to push through so that when they do push that other one, it won't seem so bad. Right. We will, we'll think that, okay, it's not so bad with what they're trying to do. So we'll see. I, I would tend to believe that's possible. Yeah, it's kind of a haggling technique. You start off with an outrageous offer, and then you you back into just a really big offer. So, yeah, I'm yeah. looking at it as haggling, and I'm just waiting for the second version. Yeah, I lost all my guns in a boating accident, so it really doesn't apply to me anyway. <laughs> you and everybody else, right? <laughs> <laughs> there is um, there's a radio talk show host, and I don't I haven't listened to talk radio in years, but. Uh, and he might not even be on on anymore here in Houston, but he would always talk about inter, uh, uh, just the little the the little steps that they take. You know, it just creeps up on you, but they do it a little bit at a time. And so that would kind of fall into place. Although th- it just looks like right now there's a lot of big things happening, you know. And so uh, just definitely keeping our eyes open. All right, so let's go ahead and move into our topic. Our topic is get home bags. And I want to read um, just kind of the definition that I have. Uh, I have a, a link. And so if you're, if you're following this in, uh, you know, on, on video, you should have some links here that uh, you, can, you can click on over at Prepper website. I'm going to have some links that uh, are from our various websites. And then, of course, if you're listening to the podcast version, you're going to have them there as well. But um, one of the one of the the links is going to be to the kit link bomb that I created for the Prepper website podcast, and basically what that is is just a, a page of nothing but links for specific types of kits. So for the get home bag, here is the definition that is up there. It says a get home bag contains the items and gear that can get you back home safely. This kit is usually carried by people who work or go to school and need to get back home. But if but it can also pertain to someone who is on a trip and needs to get back home from a longer distance. So we wanted to just talk a, a little bit because, you know, in the prepper community, we have all these, uh, you know, acronyms. We have all these names, Inchbag, EDC, you know, GHB, Get Out of Dodge, all these different things. And so just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the differences uh, as far as kits go and maybe our ideas of what that would be. And so uh, just this, this will be kind of a, a little bit of a free-for-all, and so we'll just kick it around. Um, Brian, do you want to kick this one off? Yeah, so I, um, I kind of carry a, what I call an EDC bag, everyday carry, but it also serves as a get-home bag for me in my particular situation. So that's really the, the, the key to everything, right? Everything should be designed for that person in their situation, and what their goals are. So mine is to get home from wherever I'm at. I'm a local truck driver. I'm generally within 20, between 20 and 25 miles from my home. So it shouldn't be like an extended, you know, uh, with my age and health and all that, I, I may have to overnight it, especially if some, you know, if, if everything just like fell apart and I had to walk home for whatever reason, as unlikely as that would be, I think I could get home by the next day. 
you know, depending, you know, it, you know, weather and all that. So it wouldn't be that severe. So I figure that I can combine my EDC pack or a bag, it's just a little bag that I carry, and put the gear that I believe that I would need to get home. Now, if I'm leaving state, going, you know, to Ohio to visit my grandkids or something, or Georgia, like we did back in August to see my grand, uh, I mean, my son, I actually went to North Carolina and met him there, but that involved a larger get home bag. That would have been pretty rough. So hopefully nothing goes ever goes that bad. So honestly, I think probably the best thing you can do is have a hundred dollars in your pocket, you know, to get home on, on, on most, most situations. Right. But as preppers in the room, we like romanticize everything and we like to have our gear and it's, it's not that big a deal to carry these things with us. And it's not like you're, you're, you're walking, you know, into the grocery store with this thing slung across your back, you know, it stays in your vehicle and it's not a big deal. So that's, that's my get home, home bag. It's, it's very small. It's not, it's not a, like this huge, you know, military style rucksack or anything. So, and it, and it serves as an EDC bag too. So, I will have a highlighter in there, you know, so that's not very, you know, survivalistic, but, you know, I can highlight, you know, a book I'm reading something, you know, or a map, whatever, you know, so it serves what I might need in any, you know, given day, what I'm, I might want that I wouldn't have on my EDC that I carry in my pockets. So what we're looking at there, or that answer it? That's great. That's great. Um, Mick, what about you? Share, share with us a little bit about maybe your um, your idea about get home bag, or actually, if you want to talk about any kit, just your your ideas there. Well, I had uh, kind of a a bag like Brian was showing that I would keep in my truck that had the usual uh, survivallystuff.com uh, in it. Um, and I'd done gear tests that I'd posted on your site there, uh, Todd, where I'd take, take that bag and its gear out into the woods and do an overnight with it just to test it all out. But uh, that wasn't really what went into Boston with me. Usually what went into Boston with me was kind of a, an exaggerated laptop bag. And in that, I ended up putting uh, more get-home materials like the the little Mylar blankets and uh, $1 ponchos and change of uh, socks and underwear and little medical kit. So that was the uh, the bag that I carried every day so that if I was 50 miles from home in Boston and had to walk home, it would take me probably three days. I mapped out on a map where my two likely overnight spots would be that I'd try to get to. And you know, the whole thing was kind of geared around moving fast. I wasn't going to carry a whole lot of food. Because I figured, eh, I have enough stored reserves to get me through a couple of days. So, uh, you know, low emphasis on food. Uh, I guess one thing that I always make sure I've got in my bags is another pair of, sun of eyeglasses. Because if you knock those off, I'm, I'm pretty much blind. So, uh, make sure yeah. I saved all those old pairs of glasses and I have them, in, have them in the vehicle bag, have them in that bag, have them in the truck. I mean, keep those glasses handy. So yeah, it was most of my stuff was geared around the idea of uh, of moving fast. If I was going to overnight, it was just 
be in a bivy with a, a mylar blanket over me and just get up and go the next day. I wasn't going to build a debris hut because I wasn't going to be there very long. Sounds good. I love the glasses thing, man, because that's something probably people don't think about. So that's a, that's a real good point. Chip, what about you? Oh, definitely, definitely extra glasses. No doubt. I got a pair in the car and a pair in uh, my work sort of bag. So I've, I've got a, maybe a, a, my get home bag is a decent sized backpack. It's not huge. Uh, I'm sure it's got more stuff in it that I would want to carry for more than a few miles. So there's always that possibility of, you know, shedding some stuff. Uh, I've also got some things in my sling pack that my laptop, you know, fits in that goes back and forth to work. And there, there's a few supplies in there that would help if I'm in the office, but uh, I would maybe transfer a few things out of that sling pack into my get home bag. Um, uh, but it's fairly minimal. It was recently, you know, cause I wasn't that far. Things have changed and I'll talk about that later now that I'm farther out, but uh, you know, I didn't really, didn't really have a tent or worrying about a tarp because I had friends and family that, you know, I could probably stop off if it was gotten bad or late and, and hopefully could get home, you know, in a day or so. So, uh, but still, you know, basic stuff for gloves and, and a nice hat that's waterproof, uh, medical kit. Um, I didn't carry any extra food, but I do have the, uh, you know, emergency ration bars, you know, so they don't weigh too much and it's like 2,400 calories. So if you're just a few miles, you know, 20 miles or so from home, that's certainly enough to get you there. But, uh, and other basic stuff like water filtration and uh, a bottle, you know, to filter water in. So, so just basic stuff, probably the same stuff you guys have, but not a whole lot. Yeah. Good, good point. And, you know, you said something and Brian said something that I didn't mention, uh, though, that I was going to mention, but uh, you referred to already is your get home bag or your kit or whatever it is. You know, one of the things you see online, if, if you're on social media, especially Instagram, I haven't posted Instagram in so long because I'm just kind of fed up with them all. But um, you'll see people that they do an EDC dump. And so, you know, and they get a thousand clicks or whatever, you know, likes or whatever it is on there. Um because, you know, people look at that and they like that and, and that's interesting to them. But one of the things that we've got to remember, well, in with saying that, it's always the same stuff. It's like a flashlight, it's a gun, it's your wallet, it's a pen, whatever. But we need to really understand that your EDC, your get home bag, your whatever bug out bag, whatever kit you're talking about really truly needs to be your own. So when I think about get home bag, I think about... Um, I think about going home from work and getting home from work because that's where I spend the most of my time and that's where my head is. And so like everybody else, I have an EDC. Um, I have a, uh, a first aid kit inside of my backpack. If I had to walk home or for, for whatever reason, um, you know, the heavy stuff, the laptop, all that kind of stuff would be left at work. And I would grab my EDC, my backpack and a bottle of water. I am so close to home or from work to home. It's probably would be an hour and a half to two hours just walking. And that would be at uh, just, you know, at a leisurely pace, you know. So 
I'm not really concerned about all the other things. Now, there's more that goes into it when we're talking about the next thing. And that's what we can kind of go into now is like what situations, what other situations would we want a get home bag for? Um, I know that I was um, in our exclusive email group not too long ago, I believe, or it might have been an email that someone sent me. Um, Someone said uh, something to along the lines is I'm a stay at home mom. I don't need a get home bag. Well, yeah, you're not getting home from work. There might be other reasons. So let's talk a little bit about that and I'll kick it over to uh, Chip. Well, let's, let's do that. I'm going to kick it over to you. Um, and, you know, what are some instances and situations where we would want a get home bag? Well, you know, the first thing I think we normally think about is, you know, uh, the terrible big time events, you know, that, that, whether it's been some kind of a attack on the power grid or a coronal mass eject, uh, ejection or a terrorist attack or something like that, or a biological attack, those, those are those big things. But, but I also think it applies to, even though that lady, you know, she doesn't go to work, depending on where you are, it wouldn't surprise me if you're 20, 30 miles away going to a store or going shopping, you know, and, and being a mother and now you've got kids, well, there's a whole nother set of needs, you know, that you need to think about and prepare for. So um, really, it, it, to me, it comes down to there's a lot of things that would cause transportation not to be working. You know, whether you're taking a bus or a train or you're just driving around, it's, a lot of different things could happen and traffic is not moving. And even if it was, you know, civil unrest, you know, we're not talking about an attack or anything like that. Um, I can see a lot of situations where it's not safe to stay in that car. I mean, we, we've seen videos over the past year of people being attacked, you know, in their cars. So uh, depending on the situation, I think you need to grab the supplies and equipment that you have and, you know, and get out of, of wherever you can as fast as you can. Depending on the depending on the area, I think I'd be rather at, even at late at night cruising through uh, back streets in the neighborhood than to be stuck on the highway waiting for something to happen. So, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I look at it that way. There's lots of reasons you may not be able to drive home. So do you have what you need to get yourself and whatever other family is with you back home safe? Good points. Mick, what are what are some situations where we might want to get home back? Well, uh, Chip had a good point that uh, she might be a stay-at-home mom, but it's probable that she does do drive somewhere that's going to be farther away than she realizes. Automobiles spoil us into not realizing that we're actually quite a few miles from home. And, you know, if something bad were to happen while you're out there, now granted, an EMP while you happen to be uh, – 50 miles away at a Joanne's Fabrics, eh, odds are pretty thin. But uh, up here, you could be driving around uh, kind of up on the mountainy roads. And if something was to happen, you know, it might not even be a, uh, a get home from an SHTF event. But if I got stuck in the snow and I'm up on a mountain road, I may not need it to get home, but I'm going to use that bag as my survival bag in the car. And uh, the the prospect of, well, the prospect of getting stuck at somebody else's place or some other 
place on the way might be good if I've got a roof over my head, but they may not have anywhere else for me. I might just be on the floor. And so what I've almost always, when I traveled, I would take along the little hygiene kit so it's not in a checked bag. I'd have, uh, well, now I carry one of those little tacked bivy things. Uh, all of that from when I got uh, stuck overnight once in the Atlanta airport. My plane came in, last one in, no planes going out. I had to sleep in the airport. And I thought, if I'm going to sleep in an airport again, I'm going to have a few things with me to make this uh, sleeping on the floor thing more palatable. But uh, like Chip was saying, you could be staying at somebody else's house. Some stranger might let you in, but they're not going to have amenities for you. So I try to carry that sort of thing with me. If I have to uh, shelter in someplace else, what am I going to want to have? And it's... It's usually things like some extra medications if I'm going to need some, personal hygiene things, something to sleep in. Uh, what did I have? I spent far too much on one of those uh, airline blankets that uh, it's not very big. It's also not very fleecy, but I take that with me because if you can uh, cover up with a blanket on the floor, you're, you're halfway there. So it isn't always necessarily get home, but it's kind of like that. You just might be stuck someplace and you'll want to have enough stuff to make yourself comfortable. Good points. And, and, you know, you, you said it might not be an SHTF event, but it could be where you are up in the mountain and it's a little bit more isolated and it might not be a get home bag to officially get to your home. It might be a get home bag to get to some kind of civilization like you were talking about. Um, I have read plenty of articles, uh, you know, for Prepper website where there was a grandmother was going home and, you know, got stuck, took a wrong turn and got stuck and wound up spending a couple of days in snow uh, because she, she made a wrong turn and having this, this, um, this grandmother survived on, she ate cat food and she stayed warm because she had a couple of cats and she had some candy and that's what she wound up eating to survive. But that's not what we want to do, right? We want to be a little bit more thoughtful on that. Brian, what about you? What are some situations that maybe you've thought about that would be useful for a get home bag? She ended up eating the candy or the cats? She I wouldn't ate, say that, but because I, I knew you would, but that's all right. She she ate the cat. She ate some cat food and she ate candy. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry, people. Um, <laughs> we think about well. First of all, I just want to bring up like in the city. So, you could be on foot and three blocks away from house, uh, your house or your apartment. Say if you're in a city. And riot pops up, demonstration, something gets in your way. And you might have to go six blocks the wrong direction to go around something. And now you're in a situation on foot trying to get home. Having the things that you might need to get you home might be a good idea, even on foot. So everything's not just, you know, 10 miles away, like we, you know, like in, in the good stories and stuff. Also, when we're thinking about, as preppers, we're thinking about get home. We're usually thinking about we're out somewhere, something goes sideways in a big way, and we need just to hurry up and get home. But I spent the first 10 years of my trucking career was over the road. And I've spent plenty of time, like weekends sitting in 
not even a truck stop or something, you know, just iced in, just can't move on the side of the road. I've spent like, I think maybe 14 or 16 hours on I-80 in um, Indiana before, I, before you go into Illinois from an ice storm that just had everything shut down because of a massive accident. I sat south of Chicago, in South Chicago with my wife actually in the, in a, on interstate 80 as well. Uh, and I think we were there for eight or eight or 10 hours. So having, having the, um, some people might call it a survival kit, but just having the, the things that you need to get through whatever you need, you know, just for that time, however long it's going to be. And maybe things just clear up, you know, I mean, the salt trucks came, tow trucks came eventually. And, you know, we were moving again, but it took, you know, we could half a day or one, in one case from at night all the way till early morning, nothing was moving. And then cars are run out of gas. It's in the winter time. People are freezing. I literally had people coming into the cab of my truck to get warm and to get food. And when we, when we had water as well, just because they ran out of gas or they were afraid they were going to run out of gas. And some people didn't have the exhausts, you know, they could smell the, so they were worried about carbon monoxide and all that. So just having the, the, the mindset and being prepared for whatever might come your way. So maybe it's not, to get you from A to B. Maybe it's just to get you through a moment until things get back to normal on your way home. So that's just another 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 way to look at it. But we definitely want to have what we need, both mindset and and the and the the gear to face whatever we might face to get us home to our families. That's good. Good stuff there, Brian. Um, when I think about situations, you know, I've already mentioned, I work really close. Um, I mean, everything, everything where I live is really close by. And so I don't spend a lot of time going too far away from home. It's just, I've, I'm, I guess I've been blessed that way. And when I was doing weddings, it was always in the back of my mind, right? Um, because a lot of the times the wedding venues were a little bit further out. And so that would be one of the you know reasons why I would want to take some uh, gear with me, my, my you know get home bag, that type of stuff. But the real one where I, I really had a little bit of anxiety is when we took a family trip, and um, it's still years ago, um, but it's still fresh on my mind because I remember. I mean, I was in preparedness, I was running the website, um, all that good stuff, and we were going to Disney in Florida, and it was a long trip. Um, it was two, you know, my my in-laws and, and my sister-in-law, and, and they were all with us. And so, you know, two vehicles going and you're thinking about, okay, I, I know I have traveled through Louisiana. I know that uh, there is this one place between, um, oh my gosh, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget. I think it's Lafayette and Baton Rouge, maybe. It's like uh, just a long stretch on I-10 of nothing but freeway going over the swamp. And so every so often you'll see a phone on the side. So like if you break down, there is no shoulder, there is no nothing. Um, there's just a phone like you would have to walk to a phone to call someone. And so anyway, I had that in my mind and going all the way to Florida. And I'm like, OK, we need to have something, you know, going going there. You know, we need to have supplies. So having that in my head, 
And then also the first aid for me is like, if we get, we're going to be in the vehicle for a long time. And uh, we're, if we get into an accident, what's going to happen. So for me, my, my get home bag was almost like my big first aid kit that, that I have from Dr. Bones and nurse Amy. And so that went along with us. So, you know, along with all the other junk that you're taking and packing into your car, I had that as well. And so that's just the situation that you start thinking about. And so I think, you know, Mick had talked a little bit about when, if he was having to get home from, from Boston, that he kind of mapped it out. I think that's always good. If you're going to take a trip, then looking, look at a map, look at your route, maybe even print it out and say, okay, hey, if we needed to, this is here, this is here. And so you have an idea of, of where you are if uh, you break down or if your phone runs out of power and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, um, just a lot of cons- considerations and things to think about. You know, you don't think about when you're going on a family trip that something like that could happen, but it does happen. So let's um, let's go ahead and move into what are some considerations that we need to have. Um, we've already touched on some of these um, as far as get home bags and, and getting home and things like that. Um, and so what what are some ideas here that we can think about? I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. One of the things I think is beneficial is now I'm. I'll tell you right now, I'm not a big fan of Google and YouTube and, and, and Facebook, although we're using all of them to stream. My, my, the way that I'm thinking about it is that we're going to use them until they stop. They, they, they ban us, right? And that's probably coming eventually. So you know what? I guess that's a good time to plug that all the videos that are on YouTube are being synced over to Odyssey. And so I am posting a lot of videos over at Odyssey. And so um, that is based on blockchain and it's decentralized and that cannot be taken down. So I think there's a lot of creators starting to do that because they see the the writing on the wall. So with with all of that said, one of the things that I think would be good is if if you're looking to find out what's the best route or how long it would take you to walk home, Using Google Maps has uh, this ability to change the um, the way that you're you're traveling. So if you're traveling by car or you're traveling by uh, by bicycle or if you're walking, and so you can plug that in and it would give you an idea of how, of course, how many miles it is, but then also how long it might take if someone was just walking at a regular pace. And so um, that might be something that you consider and something that you put into your mix of tools when you're thinking about getting home from maybe work or maybe, you know, again, uh, a trip that you're taking or or something along those lines. Um, Let's go ahead and I'll I'll kick it over to Chip. Chip, what are some considerations that uh, we might need to think about? Um, Well, certainly distance, you know, that has a lot to do with what you need to have in your, uh, in, in, in your supplies, in your car. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, wh- the, what kind of area you're going through. Some areas could become dangerous. Some areas are already dangerous, right, at night. So especially, you know, for me, I'm working down in a large city. So, you know, it probably would take 10 plus miles before I would be away from that danger, you know, depending, depending on the situation. So, uh, 
Th- those are the main things for me. I'll, I'll let everybody, I know this is probably not a great big topic, so I'll let others comment there. Brian, we'll, we'll let you go. What do, what do you have? All right, so I, I think I think we pretty much got to stick with the standards for survival, like, right? So we need water, we need food, depending on how far we may have to go, shelter, uh, defense, you know, security. So I think the security pretty much is cross the board regardless how far you might have to go. Like you, Todd, you, you, you said everything's pretty close. And I, th- I believe, what'd you say, two or three hours, you'd probably be home. So you probably don't have to worry about shelter um, or food, actually. Maybe some water, maybe not. So, I mean, depending on where you're at and how far you have to, you know, to go, depending on your mode of travel and all that as well, you, you may not need all that things. But those are still things that you, that you should take into consideration because, like I mentioned, if you get caught five miles from your house and everything's impassive or impassable, like here in Michigan, it can happen. It doesn't matter. You're no longer five miles from the house. You're until you're, you're not now you're hours or maybe a day or two from your house. If you, if you just can't move for whatever reason. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good idea to, to look at everything you need to survive. And I like, I believe it was, wasn't it you chip that said, or I'm sorry, I, I got you guys mixed up because you look so much alike. Chip or Mick, one of you said <laughs> that your your whole the whole thing is speed, right? So you're not looking to, you know, camp out. It's 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 not like a hiking trip. You know, you're just trying to get from A to B as quickly and as safely as possible. So all that needs to be taken into account. And you can't do that with 80 pound packs. And none of us are fresh out of high school or or you know right out of boot camp. So none of us are probably really looking forward to carrying 25 pounds or 20 pounds. So we have to like take the gear that we believe that we would need and, and just forget about all the cool, shiny, what they call tactical, tactical cool things that you find online and leave those at home, you know, for, for the Instagram posts or something and, and, and get a little bit more realistic. And also it doesn't hurt to um, give it a try. I mean, how hard is it to? I mean, it's not it's not easy. But have your wife take you to the furthest distance, or your girlfriend or whoever, and or your husband if you're. I'm sorry, I'm I'm just looking at us and I'm just going with what us. But you know, have somebody drop you off and walk your butt home, and see how long it takes and what's involved in that. Um, maybe your footwear is not gonna gonna work, right? Maybe. Maybe you start walking across the little field and like, wow, I, I didn't realize wet grass would make my socks wet, you know, or little things like that. Or I didn't realize that the back of my heel was going to start burning and turning into a blister in three miles or, or that the straps on my back that I thought it was going to be able to carry for five miles to get home starts digging into me after two miles and it's not going to work. So I mean, it's all, all these little things that we're not going to think about because we're we're looking at the big picture. The little bitty things are going to are getting are going to get in the way. And I think a, I think a little. I think it's good. What you're saying. We need to practice. We need to check it out. You know, you don't know how much weight you're going to be able to to handle until you check it out. No doubt. That's pretty much all I got for that. 
I don't want to hog up all the stuff. I could keep it going off all night. <laughs> we 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 can just let you go too. One one day we'll do that. We'll just all show up and just let you go. All Mick, right. what do you, what about you? What what are some some things here to consider? Well, I guess up in the northeast here, where it tends to get colder and it tends to get wetter. Uh, I guess my emphasis had been kind of on the shelter side of that. I figured water. There's streams. There's lakes. There's rivers. I can come up with water, so I don't carry a lot of that. I carry some filtration. I've got some uh, collapsible bottles to put it in, but I don't dwell on that. What I usually focus more on is shelter, because if I get wet and I'm cold, it doesn't matter how much other gear I've got. Um, I'm going to be a miserable, sick mess. So uh, I keep the changes of socks and uh, and gloves, poncho, tarps if I need them, but that's all kind of geared around being a mobile shelter, but the whole point is just to make sure I can keep myself dry because as long as you're dry, you can do a lot, especially if you're walking and exercising, you're generating a lot of heat, but if you get wet, you're really stuck. So I've been uh, trying to make sure I've got the shelter thing covered and the other things I'll pick up as I can. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, <clears throat> here's the thing. I'm sure a lot of people want to know what, what types of things do we have in our get home bag? And again, like I said, at the very beginning, every get home bag is going to be a little bit different. You know, um, Mick was already talking a little bit about shelter and we can uh, revisit some of the specific things that we have. For me, one of the things, and I don't necessarily keep it in my get home bag, I keep it in my vehicle is some comfortable shoes to walk home with. Cause most of the time at work, I am wearing uh, you know, dress shoes and, uh, you know, dress slacks. And I, I'm okay with, you know, the look of wearing tennis shoes and slacks walking home if I have to, but I, I'd rather be walking home in tennis shoes and be comfortable, you know, making that trek home uh, that way. And so, you know, when we talk about get home bag, I have all the little stuff, again, the EDC and all that stuff that we can talk about. But for me, one of the big things is having some comfortable shoes to be able to walk home. And even if it's going to be a two, uh, you know, two hour uh, trip home, I want to be able to have some comfortable shoes making it all the way over there. So um, let's talk a little bit about our, you know, what, what we might have in there. I'm going to agree with, with Mick. Um, one of the things that I do have is uh, a big poncho. Uh, one of the big ones that, you know, goes all the way down to, um, you know, past my knees. And uh, if I needed that, um, I don't, I don't normally bring that out. I have a, uh, a rain jacket. I'll talk a little bit about my rain jacket here in a minute. I use umbrellas and stuff, but if I was having to go home, uh, walk home, uh, I would have that big poncho and I, I would be pulling that out. So, um, Chip, do you want to kick that off? What kinds of specific things that you do you carry in your get home bag? Well, I think I think what I'd rather really say is that I got I'm having to rethink all of that, right? I, up until a couple of months ago, I was just about 22 miles from home, and that's coming from the city. I've got a had a friend that's a prepper that a little more than 60 percent of the way, maybe about halfway that. And, and it was off the couple of miles off the straight path, but depending on the time of day, you know, I would, I was going to plan on stopping over there, maybe spending the night, you know, getting something to eat and then finishing up that trip 
the next day, you know, and the like. Well, uh, now I'm 55 miles away from work. Um, I've been going through recovering from a, a blood clot and I'm having to admit that I'm a senior citizen now. So it's made me really rethink the supplies, not that I can carry more, but it's more about the plan now. You know, um, I've got family that's maybe 22 miles from work that I certainly could stop, but uh, <clears throat> I'm having to rethink that maybe I need a little cart, you know, a little one of those small two wheelers that I can pull stuff on. And certainly I can pull more weight that way, but uh, food and water become more of an issue at 55 miles away. And with my, with my issues with my knees, you know, we, we could be talking five days now, right? That, or at best, possibly, depending on how I'm doing. I'm not going to move too fast. And, and, and injuring that knee or an ankle uh, becomes a big issue as well, because that's going to slow me down. So I'm having to rethink that a little bit uh, about what goes in there and having a car to pull it and uh, mapping out places that, you know, I, I may have to stop. Right. I may need to find even if it's an old barn. Right. I mean, once I'm about 25, 30 miles out, it's all rural, rural, you know, so that last 30 miles, there's not much there. But there's probably some barns I could hang out in or someplace safe, depending, you know, depending on the situation. But it, it, I never really put too much thought into having a cash somewhere. But now I'm thinking, you know, I can't carry enough food for five days. Right. And it, it's very important now to make sure I know where the water sources are so I can have enough water for that. That's a long time. Um, it would be tough to survive that with my health right now. Um, and then the other thing I'm thinking about is, you know, it's possible that unless it's an EMP where, where all the electronics and cars are taken out, if I can get out of the city, then if I could communicate with my family out here in the country, then we can have a plan for them to come pick me up somewhere to meet. But with having multiple routes, right, that could be problematic of where we're supposed to meet. So I'm, I'm hoping that before the year is out, I've got my ham radio license and we've got an extra portable radio and know how to hook those up so that I can, I, I'm able to get some help if I can. So, um, so I'm having to rethink all that. I guess that's, that's the answer to that question. Good stuff. Hey, you know, one of the things I've, I've always thought about is if I had a long commute, I would consider a foldable bike. And uh, I think you can get one for like 200 bucks and you can fold it and fit it in your back seat. Um, if you, you know, if you have a back seat, um, I don't know, Chip, I think, I think you're driving a sports car, you know, a real fancy Corvette or something, but so it might not fit in there, no, but, no, uh, not me. <laughs> but, but that's always a consideration. I thought, uh, I think that's a good idea, especially if it had, you know, you could put saddlebag type of stuff on it to where you could carry some extra stuff. Um, and that would help certainly with having some extra food, emergency rations, you know, uh, once you start having to worry about taking all that extra food, now now you now you're gonna have to cook some of it, right? You know, you just can't take a bunch of MREs because that that starts getting really really heavy. So, the freeze dried food is certainly lighter, but you know you, you're gonna have to cook it somehow. So, the bike's a good idea. It is, and they've got these um, carts too. Um, 
the bike that I was looking at was like nine hundred and something dollars, but I, that was a long time ago. But they've also got these carts that um, it's kind of it's kind of like a wheelbarrow type of thing with a with a single wheel. So oh, I've seen those, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I was watching it's like all terrain. It mm -hmm. looked pretty. It looked pretty sweet. So um, this is a nice treat for everybody, all the viewers right now. So. And the listeners, those uh, uh, for the podcast, that Todd was going to announce this later on. But I, weren't you going to just say we were all going to meet maybe in August over at Chip's house, and we were all going to do like a five-day live event while we all make that fifty-mile trip together and find, you know, is is you know the see if we, we can actually manage to do that. I think that would be awesome. I think it'd be awesome. We were gonna let him lead the way, like that. The like in uh, Forrest Gump, he'd be in the front, and we'd be behind him cheering him on. Exactly, like he's an old senior citizen, and he'd leave us in the dust. I'm gonna get a little rickshaw, and you guys can take turns pulling me all that way. That'd be the better thing. I, I thought we were gonna. I thought we were gonna say seasoned citizen instead of senior citizen. Yeah, maybe so. That does sound a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> except for search engine optimization, you know, maybe that's a problem there, but, but it's something to think about for folks that are, you know, not in shape that they got different issues. I think you, from a, from a bag perspective, I mean, ankle and uh, knee braces, right. Um, extra medications. I'm thinking topical uh, pain reliever, you know, that's a big thing. Right. <laughs> And that could become a big problem if uh, you're starting to have some issues going home. So different things to think about when you're older. All right. Good stuff, Mick. What about you? I mean, you've already shared a little bit about your poncho and different things like that. Is there anything else you can add to that? No, it's, it's the usual stuff. I mean, I've got a first aid kit, like Chip said, if I'm going to, uh, if I'm going to get hurt, I need to be able to deal with it on the run. There's the usual uh, ability to process a little water. Yeah, MREs are really heavy. I don't carry those. Those just stay in a bin over here. But, uh, you know, enough enough food to at least keep me going. But, I, you know, I'm not really planning on uh, the need for a big full belly at the end of every day just to kind of keep the strength up. But uh, like I said before, the emphasis is on mostly speed. And uh, unlike you, uh, Todd, when I was – going downtown, I could wear whatever I needed to. So I would pretty much dress for the weather if I had to walk, which is just a habit we have here anyway, is you just never know. I mean, if it's bad enough that you're going to need boots and thermal socks, well, then you better just wear them. So uh, tended to dress for the weather anyway. But like I say, the bag usually had the usual food, medical, uh, water source materials. And like I said before, the sheltery part of it, but uh, didn't try to get too much fancier than that because it was just trying to get me home. Yeah, definitely some good stuff there. And yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on the, uh, I, I thought about this as far as the bug out, you know, your bug out location, if it is a couple of days away, um, if, if you are bugging out, you would, you know, you want to get there as fast as possible. you know, and so the idea, I think sometimes when you read articles on bugging out and different things like that, people, it's like, you're making a camp, you know, every, every night you're making a camp, you're making a shelter, you're doing, it's like, no, you want to be able to, to move as fast as possible. And uh, so I think all those are, are, are good points. Brian, did you have anything else to add? I know that you shared a little bit, but was there anything else to add on specific 
items maybe that you might be able to share there? All right, I didn't do that. So first I wanted to bring up that I, I, I never considered like caching anything, but in, in Chip's situation or anybody that has that length of time, see my situation is I could be 360 degrees in any di direction from my house. So I don't know where I'm gonna be when, if I needed to come home for whatever reason. But if you're in one spot and you know you're, you got 50 or 55 miles, that would probably be an ideal situation to where, and it doesn't necessarily mean, caching doesn't necessarily mean you have to go 20 miles, mark a location, dig a hole, bury some stuff. I mean, if you have a community that you're, that you're working on um, between those points, you can, you can maybe leave some gear with some like-minded people at their place. And, and that just does away with all the, the problematic things of trying to find something in the woods or getting stolen or, or lost or destroyed from weather or what have you. So I thought I'd bring that up. Um, and another thing is a lot of us t tend to go with the extreme. I know I, I've been saying this for years and I know people think of it like I'm a broken record, but everything's not going to be the uh, coronal mass ejection or the EMP or the, you know, the nuclear strike or the invasion or anything like that. The, more than likely, it's going to be something a little bit more reasonable. So um, chances are your, your phones are going to be um, still functional. Maybe you don't have cell service. So, and Todd, I'm, I'm with you, you know, with the Google and all that, you know, the evil evilness going on with all that. But at the same time, um, something to think about is I just recently changed my phones and um, – one of the things that I had done on my old phone that I didn't, that I had forgotten about that I had to do on this new phone, well, I didn't have to, but it gives you the option to download a certain grid of maps to your phone to where you can still use the GPS while you don't have, while you don't have network. So I would probably, if you have the, the storage on your phone, download your the map that would cover whatever distance you were you you cover and be able to use your gps or your mapping or whatever you use on your particular phone to you know get you to a to b i wouldn't rely on it i think it's still a good idea to have maybe a compass um and and a, and a local map some some type of navigation and um i like i like a mixed idea where you know everything's mapped out already ahead of time if, if you can do that if you're you know and have you know a good idea where you want to stop and all that type of thing and also on that point the phones um they've I, I mean you could be here all day just talking about how valuable or how many tools are in when one phone so what i always carry in all of my bags and i've done i don't know if i did a video i definitely did a blog post while i build these kits and i've got half a dozen of these kits with these various um, power banks. And then everyone, every bag, get home, bug out, EDC, every vehicle has one of these charging kits in it. it everyone comes with a, a decent charging bank, all the cables that you might need, um, the, you know, to plug it into 
outlet for your house outlet, your 12 volt, you know, for your, you know, to go into a cigarette plug lighter. I even keep the ones where if I just had to push it into a battery with alligator clips. So, you know, to be able to charge your phone and keep it, keep it on the go. Um, I actually, I have a couple of them that um, charge with solar, but in my experience, they're not very good. I mean, they, you, you don't, you get like 30 seconds and it's goes, it's already going beep beep. And that was like hours in the sun and, they're, they're, to my experience, they I didn't spend a lot of money on any, so maybe that's the issue too. But I don't think they're really there yet. But I think I think a way to charge your devices can be very important in today's environment for for most most SHTF events that we would have to deal with. You're right. And a lot of times the sensational, I've, I've talked about this before, the articles that get the most play on Prepper website are the bug out bag, you know, bug out articles and EMP articles. Those types of things get the most play. Um, and th that might happen at some point, but there's so many other things that could happen. And you're right. Our phones are... Um, you know, this small little computer that's that's very powerful. And if nothing else, it allows you to communicate with your family. I mean, back in the day, when I was a kid, you had to use a payphone. I mean, come on, you know, like what, what in the world is that? And you don't even see payphones anymore. And so uh, having these, having these little, you know, credit card size, a little bit bigger than that, whatever, um, phones to be able to, to call and have those charged up is really smart. And Every phone, depending on um, what you're doing and stuff like that, the battery can be eaten up really quickly. I mean, today, this morning, I was listening to um, a video and I had my headphones on and had all that, had Bluetooth, had all that. By the time I got to the office, I was already at 52%. I was like, wow, I've never you know, been that low before just doing that. So uh, something to always watch and, and definitely have the battery sources. I, I, I highly recommend that for everyone. Um, I want to, I want to give this challenge out because we're going to, we'll go ahead and start winding down and transitioning to, uh, our last little topic here, but I want to give you a challenge for anyone who is watching or listening. Um, next time you go to work and you might be working from home, so you might be, uh, doing that right now, but next time you, uh, go to work and it might be tomorrow, or if you are a stay-at-home mom, and next time you go to the city or whatever, you you know, you go shopping, don't turn on the podcast. And I know being a podcast host, I can't believe I'm saying that. Don't turn on the podcast. Don't turn on music. Don't turn on the radio. Don't turn on any of that. Drive and drive safely, but pay attention to your route. What is on your route? What points of danger are, are, are there? What, uh, you know, what, what resources are, are possibly there? Um, do you see a little old lady outside of her house? And if you needed to stop over for whatever reason, she might be a kind woman to help you, you know, uh, maybe, you know, uh, an older man, a kind man who would be willing to help you. Um, those types of things, paying attention. Sometimes we get in our vehicles and we just go and we don't pay attention to what is around us. And, um, I, I can't remember who said it. I think maybe Chip said it. You know, you could be in a bad part of town. You don't even know, you know, during the day you could be, 
you don't recognize it, but at night, it just seems that things, things seem to change. And so I would challenge you to pay attention to that next time you're out and, and your route. So on this last point here, I want to just do a little survival tip. And uh, since we're talking about kits and things like that, I thought it'd be a good idea to say, uh, to talk a little bit about what kind of item do you have in your vehicle? That, uh, that you might want to kind of share out and just uh, let people know that you have and, uh, you know, just maybe give some people some ideas of what uh, they could possibly keep in their vehicle as part of a vehicle kit or as part of, you know, something maybe to get home and, and the, along those lines. So uh, let me, Mick, would you like to go ahead and kick that one off? Sure. Uh, something that I don't have in my get home bag, but I make sure both of our vehicles have it, is uh, an aerosol fire extinguisher. Because I've never actually had any of my cars catch on fire, but uh, I know a guy at church that had three of his cars catch on fire. So I think he's just cursed, and I don't want to be cursed. So I carry that, because a lot of times it's an electrical fire. If you can put it out quick, you saved it. If you can't do anything, there goes your car. Yeah, that's a good idea. Hey, Mick, what, um, you know, when you, when you had mentioned fire extinguisher earlier, I was thinking the red ones, right? Um, I've never seen one like that. So, um, oh, I'm sure I have, but I, it just kind of, you know, slipped my mind. What brand is it? And do you remember how much it, it ran? They were a little bit pricey. I want to say it was something like $12 each. Says Fire Gone, which is kind of a catchy name, as opposed to Up in Smoke, which is probably not a good brand. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if I got these from Walmart or did them on Amazon. I mean, Amazon's got everything, but I liked that it was just an aerosol and about the size of a big paint can, so I can put it in the back. It doesn't take up any room. It's obviously not going to put out somebody's house if it's on fire, but if you got a little smoke coming out from under the dash or wisping up out of the hood, that could be a something to nip it in the bud before while you've still got a car. Yeah. And maybe possibly, you know, two of those at $12, somebody would be willing to do that to um, it's a lot cheaper than like you said, having to deal with uh, a fire in your vehicle, man. All right. Hey, Chip, what about you? What, uh, what types of things do you keep in your car? Maybe you can share with us. Well, a new thing I'm going to start keeping in my car is a cane because I've learned with this leg issue that if there's no way to support, you're, you're dead in the water. So, um, but what I've done for a while is I've got a couple of extra bags and because th there's lots of stuff, I'm like, you know, there's no way it's going to fit in my bag, but I'm not sure whether I'll need it or not. So I've got a bag of extra clothes, extra pair of tennis shoes. And that's where I keep my boots, you know, that my hiking boots that I'm going to change into, but that sort of gives me options, right? And then I've got another bag that is just chock full of extra medical supplies, right? So depending on the situation, uh, I may want to grab some of that stuff, put it in my bag. It would be extra, you know, it's a, above and beyond the minimal stuff I would want. But I also know I could always chuck it, you know, if it got too heavy or I was needing to, to go a little faster. So I kind of tend to want to, I'll grab stuff and say, you know what, this might be useful. Uh, uh, but I don't know. So I'll stuff it in those bags in my trunk so that I've got options, you know, when I, when I've got to hit the road. <clears throat> That's good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you were saying bags, 
when I go to conference, it's like every time I go to a conference or I go some, to something like that, you get some kind of bag, right? Some kind of little thing like that. Some are better than others, but I've got like three or four of them, you know, with stuff in, you know, in my truck. And uh, I just, you know, you always know. find a use for those. You just never know. And, and also some of that stuff will come in handy if somebody's broken down, right? It's cold or somebody is injured. You know, you're not pulling out your minimal medical supplies out of your bag. I've got that extra stuff to go help somebody, give it to them. So. Sounds good. But Brian, what about you? I keep a Kia in my pickup truck, you know, on those little cars in the bed. So if I break down, I can just run that off the, you know, actually I keep a um, trauma kit in, in the cab and in the back. So up in front, when I say the cab, I mean around driver's seat, and then in, in, the, in the in the back, you know where where I keep everything else. So this trauma kit in here, am I? But I have trauma kits galore. So it's really a that's. I just feel like if my right arm got cut off, I wouldn't want to have to go in and dig it out of my bag. I'd probably want my tourniquet like rather quickly. So I just keep something like that within reach while I'm driving whatever vehicle and also in the back for other people. So with my, I have fire extinguisher as well and all that type of thing and first aid kit, trauma kit, all that stuff in the back. And most of that's geared for the idea that I might come upon an accident and I could go into some stories and stuff, but I won't, I won't bother everybody like the motorcycle accident with this eyeball hanging. I won't tell you about that, but I always want to be prepared for those incidents, but something could happen to us too. You know, I mean, being able to open your window, you know, like a window breaker, seatbelt cutter, that type of thing. And it doesn't have to be something, you know, a pricey thing that you get out of Amazon, you know, ball peen hammer, although you would want to have it secured. Right. So getting an accident, you can, you know, things going to move. So that'd be, it'd suck real bad. Just need to get out. And all of a sudden you're, hammer you know flew in the back seat or something or worse in the back of your head so that's, but that's, that's pretty smart you know i hadn't thought about the tourniquet you're right if you had a bad enough injury on yourself having to get out pull out the, the get home bag and then dig into it and you may have may lose too much blood by then so that's really smart i'm gonna go do that good deal that's pretty much all i got i i've actually got videos of my Every year, I put these videos on on the car kits, the survival car kits that I do. And I don't think I did it this year, so I need to get on that. But I go back, and it's, it's funny, Todd, because you mentioned that the, the, the big ones, like my, my EDC bag has shrunk to a small percentage of what it was. And the videos, the views have dropped. The comments have dropped. So when the first one I did, well, it took – 45 minutes to, to go through all of my gear and everything that those videos was like the views was high, you know, the comments, all the likes. And all. So the, the, the older I get, the more I like, I don't really need three tents or a hammock and, 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 and two tarps and three cook kits and all that stuff. I really probably don't need all that and six tow ropes. So, you know, I've, I've reduced things drastically. So I need to I need to get another video going on that for for my updated kit, and it'd probably take five minutes. 
I, <laughs> I got, I got to agree with you. You know, the, as you learn, you have more skills and you think about what truly is needed and what's possible. Yeah. Your stuff starts going down and, and uh, your kids start becoming smaller. Hey, I got to say, I love the no regrets t-shirt, man. Supporting, supporting the, the, the podcast. All right. Yeah, and the only thing is, Todd, I, I won't complain. It makes me look fat. Other, <laughs> other than that, I like it. I'm gonna. And so, I have, I have a prepped in a wear too. I guess I don't remember what color I got that in. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna invest in some t-shirts that slim you down when you put them on, and so people will buy those for sure, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one of the things, and I was just gonna have a little bit of fun with this, is what are the things that I have in my truck? This is called the Annihilator. And uh, um, so I know the people on the podcast aren't going to be able to see this. But um, years ago, when I first started Prepper website, uh, I saw a video and this guy had this this thing called the Annihilator. And I thought it was so cool. He was, I mean, he was, it was joking. He was joking around and it was like a zombie apocalypse type thing. Um, anyway, so it's really a demolition tool that you can use and you can, I've had to use it for some hammering and things like that, even at, at work. So uh, somebody needed a hammer and, you know, elementary schools didn't have hammers. And so I was able to go get one and, uh, and, and help uh, a teacher out. So, um, but it, it was just kind of a, a fun thing that I have there. Um, but that's something to maybe think about, like, you know, would I take that with me if I had to get home, maybe for some defense, if things were starting to break down, uh, um, if you weren't able to carry um, a firearm or something like that, um, something to think about. One of the things that, that I do have that it's, it's kind of funny when we talk about all the survival stuff that we have, all the, you know, the water filters, all the ways to make fire, all the cool knives, all of that stuff. And it's funny the things that truly we use on a regular basis. So one of the things that I keep in my, in my truck is a, uh, a rain jacket. Uh, I've got the poncho, but a, a rain jacket that I bought at Sam's. And uh, it was one of these things where I went in there and it was on clearance. It was like $3. And I was like, I was passing by and I saw it. And I'm like, $3. And so I picked it up and it has, it's a, it's a little bit thicker than like a windbreaker, but when you wear it, you don't burn up. It, you feel cool. And actually I've worn it as a light jacket before. It's got a hood that you can pull, you know, pull strings around uh, if you need it to tighten up. Um, it's got air holes and air pockets. And there have been many times where maybe my wife took my, my umbrella or I took it into work and I forgot to bring it back out into the vehicle or whatever. And I didn't want to get drenched. And I just have it hanging in a hanger on a hanger behind my, behind my seat. And I just grab it and I can put it on. And you know, if I needed to, I could fold it up and put it underneath the seat, but I don't usually have a lot of people riding with me in my back, uh, the back of the, the cab. And so I just use that. And I've used that many times. It's one of those things. And so when we think about get home gear and get home bags and EDC, don't, don't discount those things that you are going to use on a regular basis that come in very, very handy. So um, just wanted to, just kind of wanted to say that. So guys, we're going to go ahead and end it there. Um, great time. Uh, we'll just go one more round. And um, I know sometimes we might have something to, to say. Chip, do you have anything, any last words before we end it? Uh, no, I think um, 
really is a lot of good information uh, presented here, and I learned a few things for sure. So I appreciate everybody sharing. <clears throat> good, Brian. What about you? I would just say, you know, take what take what we and other people on YouTube and and podcasts and everything say, and then just formulate your own plan and and gear everything toward yourself. So ultimately, you're responsible for yourself and and. You know, I've, I've gotten that before where it's like, what do, I'm sure you get these two, Todd, you know, the email or the message. What do I need? What do I need for my EDC bag? What do I need for my get home bag? Only you know that. Only you know that. So think it through. And and by, if you can, you know, by all means, run it through, you know, take take it out, you know. Get out there and, and and start walking. <laughs> you know if that's if if we're talking about a get home bag, but yeah, just just take avoid the trap that I fell into, where you're watching the YouTube videos and and also we've we've all we've all probably done this, but where you go and you fall into this trap where you where you buy this latest coolest tactical thing that that you just seen. Keep in mind that a lot of the people that are showing how great this thing is, they're making a little bit of commission off of there. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love my Amazon affiliate, even though it doesn't pay hardly anything anymore. But, you know, I still I still will put a, an affiliate link out there and not feel bad about it at all. But I try to only put something there that I feel is worthy of it, right? But just because it's something that I might use, doesn't necessarily mean it's something you might use. So if I'm if I'm like showing snow boots or something, Todd's probably not interested in that right now. You know, so I'm just saying, just take take what we have, our advice or what we use. It's not really advice, and use that maybe for a little bit of motivation, inspiration, and maybe some ideas, and then put away together your own plan but definitely think these things through because they are important and it can make the difference. It can, it can be life or death. It honestly can. It may, it probably won't, but it might. That's what being prepared is all about. Prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Good stuff. Mick. Well, I was going to key off of something that Brian said about uh, testing it out that after you've assembled your gear, eh, you don't really know if it's going to be enough or is it too much? But one of the ways to do it, like you said, is uh, take your stuff out in the woods, even if it's just your backyard. Just try to use what's in your bag. See how it went. More than likely, you're going to find out, yeah, you know, I can survive this. It wasn't that bad. Or I didn't need that kitchen sink after all. I can leave that behind. That uh, The other thing that'll do, aside from train you with your equipment so you'll know what to do with it, it'll give you a lot more confidence that you can get by with a whole lot less stuff than you think. So just the uh, the confidence of knowing I've done this before. It's not not the end of the world. We don't need to run and tell the king. So uh, you know that confidence is worth gold. Yeah, that's a good point. And Mick, I, I think the way that we connected was that article that you uh, that you wrote years ago that you did a run through with your with your gear. So uh, still remember that. Still remember that one. Um, one thing that I, as, as Mick was talking, one thing that I, I remembered, and then kind of Brian brought that up as well, is you can't make a get home bag and just make it one time and, and there you go. 
you've got to change it out. You know, you hear people talk about their bug out bags and changing it out for the seasons. The same thing applies um, for your get home bag as well. Um, there's different seasons, you know, uh, those of you that live up North, uh, you're going to deal with winter and, and the, the items that you're going to have in your get home bag at that time is going to be way different than when you have just, uh, you know, the, the better weather, right. When you're in the summertime. So, um, just think about that. And uh, I will leave you with that guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. Hey, don't forget to go check out the websites, um, you know, cribsteward.com, mick-roland.com, nextstepsurvival.com, Prepper website and the Prepper website podcast. Guys, until next time, we will see you. See you guys. Well, everyone, thanks so much for checking out this bonus episode. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we have tons of preparedness, self-reliant, alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading articles just for you. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 hand-picked preparedness articles that you should read. Many of these you can't find on the internet any longer. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.